You're listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, a paramedic and educator with over 10 years' experience. Every month we review actual EMS calls with the help of current practicing EMS providers, bringing educational opportunities directly to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of those involved. Hello and welcome everybody to the Medic Materials Podcast. It is a special day today, being that it's November 15th, and typically we only do podcasts on the first of the month, but... We as a group, Gerard, you're sitting here today. Emily, yep. you're sitting here today as the podcast regulars. We're all, we're also joined with uh, Kelsey, the resident EMT intern, um, who sooner or Which later is always going to be her name. Like I think a, she'll it, be like a PA, and she'll be like, "Hey, we still have Kelsey, the in- intern, with yeah, us." Yeah, I think so. I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is your name from now on. Um, so, being that it's the fifteenth, I thought. Looking at all of the numbers on, you know, the analytic pages for the for the um, for the podcast and for the YouTube channel and specifically the videos of the podcast on the YouTube channel, it's it's clear that you guys enjoy what we're talking about. So I was looking on YouTube literally this morning and there was over three thousand, almost four thousand minutes of watch time just for the podcast. And I think that's awesome. So you guys, I mean, Gerard, you were talking to somebody who was like, yeah, I listen all the time. Yeah. Texted me out of the blue and was like, dude, awesome job. I'm like, all right. Cool. Yeah. And that <laughs> was, that's been news to me. Right. So we've been putting these out there as kind of a fun discussion that we have once or twice a month. And, uh, and here it's already growing four episodes in. So hopefully you guys enjoy. We're going to get down and dirty in... A call review shortly, but the way this new format is going to work is the first of the month is either going to be a call review or just a generalized open discussion. And then the, the 15th of every month is going to be the reverse of that. So if we did the discussion first, we'll do the call review that ties both together. Uh, this month, we already had our discussion in that when to pull the trigger or when to sit on your hands. Now we're going to talk about a call where that exact choice needed to be made. So let me paint the picture for you guys. You have a uh, residential, um, very, I would say, um, non-urban, so rural is the word I'm looking for, um, environment. You're going to a maximum security prison for a 68-year-old male lethargic and unresponsive you have a medic in a fly car and you have a bls ambulance transporting system that you're responding with you of course have the guards the patient is in the infirmary anything you're thinking about first off just with where this patient's located um time to access the patient how long is it going to take to get into them because there is most definitely not a open door policy at a maximum security prison. <laughs> no, and ty- and and typically this uh talking to the provider, typically this uh this prison takes upwards of 10 or 15 mm-hmm. minutes just to clear the gate, clear front security. They have to go through all of your stuff. You're not allowed to bring in certain uh you know, like you're not allowed to bring in shears and stuff like that. Uh, pretty much your cardiac monitor, your airway stuff and your drug bag. It's pretty much all you're allowed. Um, and then, you know, of course, the infirmary is on the other side of the building. So you all you have a good 15 minutes before you can access the patient before anything. So um, when you finally do get to the infirmary, you meet the nurse and the nurse goes, yep. Uh, so this is this gentleman. He's uh, he came to me about a half an hour ago. He uh, he's been very lethargic his eyes are open but he's completely unresponsive to us okay so with that what do you guys want to know i'm going to talk to kelsey first try and get her opqrst abc's thing going here (laughs) what are you thinking what do you want to do first on this guy so i guess one of the first things i'm thinking is when did it start and basically what happened because i don't really know pretty much anything about prisons but i've read a couple cool books about like doctors in the infirmary and there's a lot of times that some of the i'm like generalizing here that some of the doctors basic you can't give 
patients certain things because then basically the patients will use you and they'll lie to you about it because you can sell drugs or pillows or whatever in a prison system. So I guess I I can honestly say I've never heard of pillows being used as currency. I like it. I've never heard of clean socks. I mean, clean socks, yes. I would would kill for a clean pillow, so I'm all on board. I read this book called Maximum Security Prison, and it was about this doctor who got a job at a maximum security prison. And he would have patients that would tell them that his back, their backs hurt to get a new mattress. Because apparently having a new mattress meant something in the prison. Shot caller. Yeah, seriously. I mean... (laughs) Who's to say they're not clever, right? I mean, bravo. Good for them. From the people who brought you Pruno. (laughs) Um, So I guess that's what in the back of my mind I'm thinking is what did he actually tell tell them versus what's going on? Because especially in a prison, that could greatly differ. All right. So this is where it gets interesting. So he was in his cell. Okay. Wasn't shivved. Wasn't shipped. Okay. There's zero. There is zero trauma. Zero trauma. Wasn't shanked. Wasn't shipped. Didn't didn't get butt raped by a large inmate. Nothing in there. Sitting in his cell. Um, the guards walked by him on their morning rounds. Completely fine. Walked by him in the uh, afternoon rounds. Again, completely fine. Answered. You know. Hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. What's going on? Third time in the evening rounds after dinner, they walked by and found him like this, unresponsive in this lethargic state, eyes open, non-responsive, sitting. Didn't look like there was any trauma, didn't, you know, they didn't believe that there was any foul play, he'd been alone all day, didn't think that he had ingested something, like nothing like that. So they were like, okay, this is weird, let's bring him over to the infirmary. This specific... Um, prison system does not have doctors present. They have doctors on call. They have nursing staff that's, you know, registered nurses there. So this nurse called the doc. The doc was like, yep, nope, send them out. So that's how EMS initially got called. Um, the only thing that he responded to EMS with was the word yup. And if I can do my impression the best as to how this paramedic told me this story was this guy, no matter what you asked him, no matter when you asked him from start to finish of the call, he went, "Mm, yep. And that was it. That was the only response you ever got from this guy. Now what? Mm. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that the first eight times this guy goes, "Mm, yep. The paramedic's like, mm, fuck. <laughs> so we've ruled out incarceritis, or we've, have we? We've, so typically, uh, according to... What is incarceritis? I don't want to be... Gerard out. My chest hurts. Please take me to the hospital. Oh, got it. It's an inflammation of every body system because you don't want to be incarcerated anymore. <laughs> you know, typically, at least in my, uh, my own uh, seeing of incarceritis... I see it more in people getting arrested, not the ones that have been arrested. Like this, you know. Everybody needs a day off. Everybody needs a day off, apparently. It is what it is. No one believed that this gentleman, you know, was one to say, oh, hey, something hurts. Let me go to the ER for no reason just to get a day off. Um, You know, the, the nurse had told this crew he fairly maintains, you know, a normal daily activity doesn't really bother anybody doesn't really talk much he's been there for a long time kind of knows the routine this was something that was weird for him so i guess start with the basics you know do your abcs how's his pulse feel that kind of stuff so pulse is uh regular it's in the 90s okay and does anybody know of any history with him and use of like narcotics or anything like that so no drug use no prior drug use or anything uh was incarcerated for drug abuse or anything like that just murder who knows who knows typically that's one thing as a as a good you know sidebar is i never ask like i've been in a lot of different prisons in in my career maximum medium Mm -hmm. low county i couldn't care less like it's not it's it's better not knowing 
I don't know. There's some of them where I'm like, damn, I wonder what got you here. Like, they look like they could kill, like, Chuck Norris. Right, and they're in for computer fraud. Yeah, and it's like, whoa. Um, so there have been times where I'm, like, itching to ask, but, you know, you're there as well, no, a just, patient provider. You yeah, know? I mean, like, just because right off the rip, rip you know, you want to rule out, let's be honest, I mean, it's drug use in prison is, you know, not, is rampant. not unheard of. Correct. You know, you know so. um, might be why you needed those pillows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so, serious. It was something with like the toilet systems, and if you flush the top and the bottom one at the same time, they flood you could, their like, cell, flood and, yeah, it yeah, and grab, that's what yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah. So Tells you're ready for maximum security. Seriously, right? like, so ready. Right? <laughs> well, if you if EMT doesn't work <laughs> out, right? I guess you have a secondary um, gang leader. There you go. <laughs> um, so. History, as as was told to the crew via paperwork provided mm. by the nurse, was uh, there was a cardiac history. There was uh, some minor respiratory history that, you know, the gentleman was on uh, COPD medications every day, was on uh, a simvastatin for high cholesterol, was on a, uh, a blood pressure. The crew could not recall what one it was, mm. but blood pressure and a, and a water pill or a Lasix pill. Um so obviously some cardiac stuff, obviously, you know, some respiratory stuff, but nothing like this. And overall, he's in good health as best as he could be in prison. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So ABC's check out. He's, he's got a pulse. He's got clear lung sounds. You don't see any bleeding or anything. Pupils. His airways, his airways patent, what? Pupils. Pupils. So pupils were um, slightly dilated. They were not you know, blown or anything like that. They were equal, round, reactive, but slightly dilated. All right, so next step would be vitals. Mm -hmm. Let's get the vitals in. Okay, so like I said, heart rate from the crew was pulse 90s, um, regular, didn't feel weak or, you know, too strong, bounding or anything like that. Uh, Initial blood pressure was 140 systolic over 90. Respiratory rate was in the low 20s, 2022, unlabored. Again, he's really just sitting on the cot, not moving. His hands are in his lap, his feet are outstretched, and that's that's where he stays. Blood sugar? Blood sugar was um, 150s. 150s. Okay. So So really nothing to write home about um, at first glance. 12 lead would be next and then a neuro exam. Okay. So when you uh you put them on the you put them on the four lead monitor, you see sinus. Again, heart rate still maintains 90s, throw them on the 12 lead. You see a two and a half to three millimeter elevation in two three AVF. Mm, fun times. And that's it. Depressions in any of the Slight, but nothing, nothing to be like, oh man, he's infarcting everywhere. Does the nurse or any of them have any of his previous EKGs? No. Okay, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. (laughs) I mean, regular doctors' offices don't don't have that. Like, come on. You never know. Just ask. It's true. It's a good thing to ask, right? Never can hurt to ask. Someone might laugh at you in the corner, <laughs> but at least you asked. All right. And so, so at this point, Emily, Kelsey, what are you? What's kind of going through your mind? I know you, you Kelsey, you don't know EKG interpretation and stuff like that. Yeah, you went but right over my head on that one. That's okay. Oh, so, all in due time, child. Yes, you'll get there. This is the that'll way. be when you're yes that'll be <laughs> after resident EMT intern, then you'll be resident paramedic intern and. And we it won't a- be over my head And we can ask you stuff like that. Then just resident. Yes. But then it, we'd have to change it to resident resident. Because mm. I can't get rid of resident. R squared. Yeah. R squared. Mm. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I mean, elevations 2-3 ABF sounds like an inferior wall. Mm-hmm. I would concur. <laughs> That's the nurse part of me. Yes. Mm. See, not knowing anything about anything that you guys just said, I'm at a loss. Okay, so... Um, inferior, superior. No, I got right? that part. That inferior wall. We're talking about a part of the heart. Well, I understood that, but if you would just you give him... nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit less than nothing of what you said. 
Um, so right now, what we're talking with this 12 lead that this provider is looking at, they're looking at an inferior wall myocardial infarction. So the bottom portion of their heart is depleted of oxygen. It's infarcting. So the tissue, the, the tissue is dying due to a heart attack, right? Myocardial infarction equals heart attack. How's the sets? Sats are okay. Um, what did you say his pressure was? 140 over 90s. Uh, initial sat was 88.90. Um, the EMS crew does put them on uh, two liters nasal cannula. It comes up above 96%. Okay. Oh, that's impressive with the COPD. Yep. And you can't get anything about if anything's hurting because he's just going to tell you, yup. So you ask, right? This this provider actually did try and ask all of the OPQRST questions. And you're right. He went, mm, yup. <laughs> like this guy already. So really, you get bupkis. There's, there's no information. You can't tell whether, you know, the guy hurts. You can't tell whether... Something's been hurting for three hours, ten minutes. And we verified this this is not his baseline. This yes. is not his baseline. Normally the you know, the providers reiterate he is talkative, he's coherent, he's A and O times three, okay. GCS of fifteen all the time. So his last known well was at lunch. Per the guards. And now it's after dinner, so 5.30, 6 p.m. that evening. He ate dinner, though? No. No, he did mm. not. When they brought him dinner, was he fine? Or we don't know that. So they brought him dinner, and nothing was reported. Okay. But they did bring him dinner. Nothing was ever eaten from dinner. So mm. now what are we thinking? Gerard, you had said... Neuros. I still, right? I was gonna say, I well, still think neuro. I no, know why are, he's having the Why are we wall, thinking neuro? Well, Change your uh, mental status. Yeah, the mental status because I mean, uh, you know, we've all had STEMIs, and that doesn't normally change their mental status unless their oxygenation has changed. Or their point blood pressure is is or too solo, low. Or they're not being they're perfused, not right? Perfusing, but right. they're perfusing while their stats are back up. Their blood pressure is right. fine. There's no reason physically why he should be like this. I would 100% agree with everything just that's based said on, on what the table. Just based on what we've seen so far. I, yeah, I still yeah. think neuro. Okay, so so we're going to we're gonna say cardiac for sure, right? Oh, 12 yeah. leads right. sometimes lie, but, I mean, this is in a hospital bed, non-moving. It looks pretty clean, right? right? We can assume that there is a, a cardiac issue going on. I agree that neuro doesn't match this cardiac issue, right? Typically mm. they don't lose mental status. So you start going into neuros, right? The, the crew did end up doing neuros on this guy. Um, he cannot follow a single command. Does not, um, does not smile when they ask him to smile, does not repeat anything other than, mm, yep. Um, he is cuffed at this point. So you say, Hey, can you lift up your arms? And, the EMS crew lifts up the guy's arms. They plummet straight down to his lap again, both together because they're because they're cuffed together. Squeeze, so squeeze your hands. Uh, very faintly, um, but you can get some squeeze. It's a very very light squeeze, so light that you can't really distinguish if left is weak or if right is weak. They're both weak. Same as lower. Lower doesn't move. Any facial droop when he says his, mm, yep. So EMS crew did actually notice some left-sided facial droop. Well, mm. Like whereabouts, though? Uh, right in the right in the lip mouth gotcha. area. Okay. So it wasn't like a, you know, a palsy or, <clears throat> you know, anything like that where they would think, oh, okay, maybe this is a pre-existing right. neurological. Did he walk to the infirmary? No. He was brought to the infirmary via the guards. Is he on the blood thinner? No. He will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is an odd case, right? Like, right. this was presented to me, and I'm just scratching my head going, what the crap? So, if we were to give him, like, a fast ED. 
I'd have to honestly look at what that. I don't think like, it would be a high score on a fast CD. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I always, it's a large vessel. That's this what I'm doesn't thinking. really sound like a large vessel. Okay. Here, wait. I always have always have to look at the app. Oh yeah, I, would. <laughs> I cannot remember. You think, you think I pulled that out of my ass? Hell no. no. But that's an interesting <laughs> point too, because in EMS they they drill the Cincinnati. Yeah. That is so non-specific. There's yeah. so many infarcts that happen in your brain that the Cincinnati will not pick up. Correct. I mean, Cincinnati can work on telling you. Yeah, someone screwed up, and then you check their blood sugar, and it's twelve. Well, mm. and, and it's like, oh look, right? that's why Cincinnati failed. The Cincinnati's going to tell you, like, hey, they're having an issue, and you're going to be like, no shit, right? right. <laughs> I can see that from the door. Yep. All right, let's try this out. No blood thinners, you said. Negative. How old? Uh, upper sixties. We don't have a time for it when it started. Negative. We don't have a last... Well, the last known well was lunch. Last known well was... So like great, I would say about hours. six hours. Yeah. If I had to make an educated guess based on the story. Facial weakness. Yes. Yep. Left-sided. Arm weakness. Mm, I mean, if he's, not, severe. if he's not moving them. If he's, and the other thing that, that really pointed out to me when this provider was telling me the story was that typically... Okay, you got your arms cuffed, right? They're cuffed together at at the wrists. You bring both of them up. If one of them is weak, that other one should be able to overcome because they're connected. Right. These went both down. There was no report on whether they went down separate, like one stayed a little higher than the other. But you can assume that there is weakness somewhere. I mean, this guy should be able to hold... His arm up. He should be able so that's to. that's a significant finding. Right. Yeah. I would think that would be a significant finding if, if I'm in that position. Any gaze deviation? No. But pupils are dilated. Oh, he actually scored a five on our Fast ED. Mm. Okay. So for the people in other areas that might not use Fast ED, what is a five? So a five is a large vessel occlusion probability is 60 to 85%. Okay, so... And that's all our FASTD is recognizing is the large vessel occlusion. Right. So we're thinking now with that, okay, possibly this guy has a really, really bad stroke going on in his head. Maybe, maybe not. What do, what do we, we think here we, at the we table? All, we also have a STEMI in hand. And I mean, we also have say, a so, STEMI at hand. Yes, I think that that's true, but I think that the cardiac issue is going to get him first. Okay. Of course, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I mean, there's nothing that we can do pre-hospitally for a stroke, really. Not in this state. There's Welcome to New York. Welcome to New York. <laughs> um, no, there really isn't anything for us to do as EMTs and paramedics other than blood pressures, oxygen, and airway. Check a sugar, manage it. Right. right. You know, and that's really it. Now, we can do stuff for an infarct. Okay. So, moving but we'll, on. But the stuff we do for the infarct might well, have an adverse effect. Hold on. We're, we're not there yet, okay? So, we get All this right. guy outside on the stretcher. We are now moving towards the level one trauma center, heart center, okay. stroke center, right? All combined. We're going to the appropriate facility. Okay. Right? We're not going to the, you know... TPA place down the street, going to the right place. I like where you're going, okay? Okay. This provider now is in a position where they are looking at a gentleman who's having a STEMI, who's having a significant cardiac event, right? Three millimeters of elevation is significant. And possibly a large vessel occlusion CVA. As you brought up, you want to treat the MI. In New York, we're going to treat it with aspirin, and we're going to treat it with nitro. But what if this is a hemorrhagic stroke and not an occlusive stroke? And then you just killed him faster. And now you're making one problem worse fixing the other one. What do you mean? What if I don't fix it? What if you hold the nitro? But if you're still giving aspirin, it's still an anticoagulant. And if it's a hemorrhagic stroke... It's an antiplatelet. And I would still give the aspirin. Okay. Why? I would still give the aspirin. 
because I'm just that, curious as to why I this is think, the, this mm. is this is the table discussion that I wanted to have. So really, for the rest of the call, I, I'll let you guys know exactly. what was told I was to me. The, almost the exact opposite. I would give the nitro, and maybe I wouldn't give the nitro. Some if you fluid. Don't know. I don't. So I think clinically, presentation wise, to me, it doesn't sound like a hemorrhage. You can pretty much have a good guess if it's a hemorrhagic or an ischemic. Okay. It wasn't like super sudden. If the last known well was lunch, yep. There's no seizure history. Like yes, there's a change in mentation. Mm. Pupils are equal. I don't. It doesn't sound hemorrhagic to me. I would not hold the aspirin. I would give the aspirin. Okay. I would hold the nitro. Why would you hold the nitro? Just in case it's the hemorrhagic stroke. Okay. I don't. You can't. You can't take it off the table without a scan. So I'm curious as to. Why, what is the nitro going to do in your mind to the hemorrhagic stroke? Make it worse. Make How it so? so bad that you won't be able to fix it. How so, though? Like, that's what I'm curious about. By dilating. About. If you're going to dilate everything, everything's going to bleed out of your brain. Then you're going to start to have a, a herniation. Okay. That's what my concern is. It'll increase the pressure faster Absolutely. than if you Way just faster. let the current bleed so bleed. So if you, if you give an okay. antiplatelet, think of it as like a trickling sink. Right. If you give a nitro thing, we're going to open the faucet. It, yeah, opening yeah. the faucet. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Yep. That is not how I would have thought. Because <laughs> I was in the boat of hearing this story. Right. I was in the boat of give the nitro, because the nitro is not going, and hold the aspirin. But then I started thinking, okay. What, you know, is there signs of hemorrhagic stroke here? Not, Not really. really. This provider chose to give both. He chose, okay, there's not enough signs of trauma here that it could be a spontaneous bleed. It could be a bleed because of trauma. So they were thinking ischemic. So they gave the four aspirin. This guy couldn't chew aspirin. So they said that they just tucked it in his cheek and let it sit there. Maybe it went in in 45 minutes, but it, it went in eventually, right? Um, they ended up giving the aspirin for the cardiac issue, and they said, and they rolled the dice that it was not going to make worse the CVA issue. They also gave the nitro, even though, I mean, that provider... I had no idea that nitro does that in CVAs. So that's an interesting teaching point around mm. the table for me today. Um, how many providers know that that aren't, you know, Emily nurse <laughs> should be a paramedic? <laughs> other than my wife would know that. But I was going to say, I can think of <laughs> at least one other that lives um, so with what, you. What would your, what, so let's say we did think of that. And let's say... Let's say his BP was a little higher than it is. What would your thoughts be on using something like morphine to perhaps so take some of that BP down? So that's what I was actually going to suggest was give the for me yeah. give the aspirin, give morphine, get that BP down a little bit, yeah. and decrease that that oxygen demand right, on right. the heart. Yeah, you you have an especially heart. you know the other thing too is here's an inferior wall MI and. We're sitting here going, okay, the nitro is going to help alleviate some oxygenation issues, but it's also going to possibly tank pressure mm -hmm. and preload, which you don't want to do in an yeah. inferior wall. wall yeah. This guy's maintaining right. most likely because of the stroke, not so much because he's got an infarcting heart, right? Inferior walls typically are hypotensive, right. right? You lose all your preload because the workhorse of the heart is kaputzo. So, really, do you want to give nitro at all at that point so in time? That was, yes. Right? Thinking about it even further. Mm. You know? Yeah. I, I like the morphine. I like, you know, um, I mean, even, I, I don't think this provider had any issues giving any type of medications. There weren't any known allergies or anything. You know, some places have enough morphine. Some places would give fentanyl in that situation just to not lose the blood pressure. Right, to maintain that pressure. You know, um, 140 is going to perfuse the noodle. Do you want to drop that and then lose the perfusion 
in the brain. That would be another thing to think about. And that's really the only thing you can do for a stroke pre-hospital in New York State is make sure that you keep those maps up to keep perfusing all of the brain you can. Right. It, this is an interesting one. So, like, we have multiple different ways of attacking mm-hmm. one one call, right? And this is why I wanted to tie this in with the pull the trigger conversation that we've already had. Yeah. It's like, do you is this the type of patient where you sit on one, sit on everything, and just drive? Like, they're a half an hour right. drive right. from point A to big hospital. Do you just sit there and go, I'm not, I'm not fucking around with this. This is above my head. Let, let the you know cardiologists and the neurologists mess with this one. No, I, I know and me probably so, not. Yeah, I know. It's really it's tough. tough. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is a tough choice. Well, I mean, you know, hindsight 2020, we're all sitting at a table, but uh, yeah, in that moment, without having thought of what you were talking about, yeah, I probably would have went down the same road. In my mind, I probably would have withheld the aspirin just because I'm thinking the way you were thinking. Mm-hmm. And I would have went the nitro route and whatever right. else, but uh, and some fluid and um, and treated the uh, the STEMI. Um, but that's also but, what we're drilled into yeah. pre-hospital is like, oh, STEMI, treat it with this. Mona B. How many times have we heard that? Oh, and that's, you know, and that's, it's a funny thing because we're always also taught – Time is brain and time is right. muscle. Tissue, right. right. So here you are sitting in two distinct time sensitive time <laughs> sensitive things that if you don't treat one, it could make the other one the worse. Other worse yeah. Or well, if you treat the other one, it could make the other one worse. I mean, another way you can look at it too is to help guide you in what you're going to treat, or you know, if you're going to sit on your hands for it, would be. Is it really a time issue now for the stroke? We're well outside that four-hour window. That is true. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying, you know, don't get them there as soon as possible, but, I mean, it's, you know, if we were still... What's the four-hour window? For what? For stroke. the strokes. For what treatment? Uh, TPA. Is it the four-hour? No, four hours is not TPA. That's what we're taught. That's what we're taught. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought there, it was six. It's... TPA works like, in wait, TPA works six. in six. It's actually so, it's actually three and a half hours. So but we actually have it. We've stretched it to nine. That's why I wasn't sure yeah. if you're talking about like the mercy procedure. Or I mean, heck, fucking Albany Med has a 24 hour window for occlusions because they can go in with the grabber and pluck the, it out. The yeah. grabber, thing, like you know, yeah, corkscrew thing. They just That's go why in you know and what grab four it. Hours was. I was like, I thought That's it was all. six. Yeah, I said for fibrinolytics. It is six for fibrinolytics. The, in fact, I literally just did the CME. Two days ago. Uh, three and a half hour window. I just gave TPA last night for yeah. nine hours outside of a last normal. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's where I was. I don't. Education standards. Yeah, those, those education standards lagging behind everything in the, else. In the ER, in our ER, it's yeah. six hours. Like it's in our policy, okay. it's six hours. The docs can stretch it to nine, but right. that's why I, I didn't know. Okay, yeah. Never mind, carry on. Like I said, <laughs> Stick with four. All I, all I know is. You know, I think even in our our protocols, it even mentions the four hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, well, way to stay on top of the ball there, New York State. I mean, it is New York State. <laughs> um. So, uh, now that we've talked ALS for a while, I want to talk to Kelsey here because. So I have a question. She's <laughs> first. She's got a question. Then I have a question. So yes, a- ask your question. So. Even if you can fix his heart, wouldn't his brain be too damaged at this point for him to ever maintain baseline? All depends. What do you mean by ever maintain baseline? Like, a lot of people who have strokes never return to their normalcy. And we're talking about a person who's in a prison, so having to have extra help while you're in a prison isn't going to work out well for him anyways. So if you're trying to fix his heart is, and you fix his heart but make the stroke worse, wouldn't at the end of it even if you can't bring him back to a normal neuro standpoint, he's kind of screwed. So most people that have deficits from strokes either have a clot that is so far out, like 12, 24, 48 hours with not knowing, or they have a bleed. Okay. The fact that he's been seen within the last 6, 8, 10 hours, mm-hmm. normal, and it doesn't, we don't suspect it's a bleed, gives him a good chance of recovery. 
Okay. Or if he does have deficits, yeah. maybe not as bad as your thing. Right, yeah. He okay. may not ever be normal, normal again, right. but he might still be he functional. He might still be functioning. Enough. Okay. At least functioning enough to live right. in prison. Live in prison. Right. <laughs> yeah. He can still so. fight off the gang rape. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, you never know. He's 68. He's been there a while. He might be the gang raper. Ah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know? You don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why you don't ask? <laughs> um... So it, I I'm curious Wait, you as just, you just use a, a singular with a plural. <laughs> Can you singularly gang rape somebody? <laughs> you might be the leader. I don't know. Oh, there's that freaking uh, college English education there. <laughs> I went to art right. school. There was no English. All right. <laughs> All right. So back to the amber lambs. <laughs> Oh, I didn't have to edit, but 15 minutes out of the first <laughs> section when we all yap for 15 minutes right. out of the last one. Oh, no. I'm going to have to Good edit, luck. like, hard this one. Stop. You brought up prison. Sorry. How do you talk about prison without gang rape? <laughs> or dropping the soap. Right. You know? We didn't talk about dropping the soap. Nope. Nope. We hit just about every cliche, though. You know, Pruno... <laughs> Fresh pillows and socks, mm-hmm. you know, shot collars, shivs. Yeah. The toilet flushing system. The toilet flooding, yeah, flooding the cell. Yeah. Currency. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's always me. So, Kelsey, I'm curious from a BLS standpoint, right? You as the intern here how are you going to tackle this call knowing okay you are as drawer and i would say there's there's a cloud over omaha so you can't get a you can't get a helicopter <laughs> and you're way out in the sticks of gilboa and if anyone knows where that town is you live there right. so <laughs> awesome um so you're not getting any als help at that point anytime soon how are you going to tackle this call so the only thing that we can do it at a BLS level for an MI would be aspirin unless they're already prescribed nitro, which this guy wasn't. But I never would have even wanted to do that because in my mind, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between an ischemic or hemorrhagic stroke because the only thing that I've been taught in class is that if it comes on with like a thunderclap headache, that it's hemorrhagic. And that's the only thing that I would know to be able to tell the difference. And when he's sitting there going, mm, yep, that doesn't help me know how it came on. So I don't even know if I well, was I mean, given it, the Well, I mean, it could. You could you could literally sit there and go, did this come on like a thunderclap headache? Mm, yep. <laughs> yeah, but then if I go... I mean... But then if I go, did it come on slowly? Yes. And he Patient goes, says yes. Mm, yep. <clears throat> so, but then you're saying you wouldn't have held the aspirin. Yeah, I so would have. That's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I because I never would have been able to tell from what the knowledge I have and, the difference. And technically, she never would have been able to know if he was having... Uh, and I never would right. have even been able to know that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have even known if he had chest pain or anything. No. Yeah. I just, literally would have and, just and been was... able to look at him and been like, ooh, mm. we better but drive fast. If you have yep, a patient that all they're saying is, mm, yep, what are you thinking? I'm thinking neuro. I never would have even thought am I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then that... I'm definitely not giving aspirin because I have no reason to. And, and yeah. I'll tell you, the really interesting thing about this is you and I ran this scenario in many EMT classes. Mm-hmm. And I lay it in as... This is, you walk into a prison, the nurse gives you a 12 lead and says, here, he's having a STEMI. That's the information that you get along with when you ask questions. You technically don't really know or, you know, are taught what a STEMI is in EMT class. You're taught what an MI is, but not like, here's visible proof. Oh yeah, if somebody handed me that, I'd be like, I know know the basics. You're holding it upside down. There you go. <laughs> well, and that's the really interesting part because most of the EMTs looked at it, said, okay, mm, and then yep. put it on the floor. <laughs> and they completely, for, they completely forget about it. And then they, they try and sit there and go, okay, she's telling me, this nurse is telling me that it's cardiac. I have to fit these symptoms into cardiac. Which Square they hole, round don't. Peg. They don't. Right. Which they right. don't, right? Square hole, round peg. And that's right. exactly right. it. They right. never search for why is this person altered, right? They're altered. 
I mean, eventually, at the end of this call, this gentleman did have a gaze upwards and to the left, did have listing to the left, and, I mean, that's 25 minutes after first contact with EMS. So, originally, was it like lights on, no one home? Like he wasn't even looking anywhere? Nope. He okay. looked literally straight ahead. Lights on, no one home. Lights on, no one home. Um, yeah. Because if you had given me just that, I would have thought after I'd done a glucose neuro. And that's and that's exactly it. And if they had given that chip of paper, I would have been, cool, stick it in my pocket, give it to the next person okay, who knows so, more than right. I do. I mean, but the other thing is, too, is the fact that they're having an MI that we can prove on a 12 lead. Mm-hmm clues into me like that's more indicative that it's an ischemic stroke yes if you're having clotting issues in one part of your body right, you're, like gonna you're, you're gonna have it yeah. and so that important. was and that yeah. was one of the main i'm so glad you brought it up i was waiting for someone to bring it up i was up. gonna bring it up earlier it just wasn't time. um that was <laughs> one of the main it. deciding factors in this paramedics thought process of it's not a hemorrhagic stroke it's an ischemic stroke, right? if you're right? clotting somewhere, why it's would you be bleeding go. somewhere else? If you else? have a clot that traveled to your heart or started in your heart, why wouldn't? It, why is it that far-fetched that it went to your brain? And it's, that, not, it's not. Right. Not it's at not at all. Very likely. Yep. You know, he could have popped off eight clots and exactly. who knows where the heck they are. Yeah. You know, there's a DVT, there's, a, there's PE, a PE right. somewhere, you know, down the road. They're just making their way and... Mm. The Getting MI stuck somewhere. The MI might have started first, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Hard saying, not knowing at that point. Okay, I have another question. So, if you had a bunch of clots that caused an MI, would those clots get worse or better? Because you wouldn't be pumping up, pumping up, pumping out as much blood. Depends on where they are. Okay. And I'll I would have, it. and well, I would have to you, say, why aren't you pumping out as much blood? Because your heart is hurt, so it's not pumping as much. So where's that clot? It's It's feelings are hurt, or it's hurt? <laughs> it's hurt. Okay. Not it's feelings. Does heart have feelings? Uh, everyone seems to think they do. <laughs> Gerard, you really want to say something. Come on, Gerard. No. <laughs> I'm going to cut down on the editing time. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So carry on. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Heart hurt. So... You were asking oh. if the clots would so would they end up getting like yeah like would they yeah. just get stuck more in the heart or would they go like would they continue to build yeah it's basically after being that's lost that's why I want the aspirin that makes sense but if I'm thinking neuro and don't know they're having an MI I'm not giving them aspirin and like we we're talking about with you know if if the blood is the right way you're now introducing more turbulence into the system more turbulence means you're going to build more build clots. More of that clot. mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. No. And I I think we all could talk in circles around this call all day long. Um I think just overall it's it is a choice, you know, that comes down to what we were talking about have has anyone seen this before? To sit there and go, hey, I've had experience here. I've done this before. This is what it was. This is kind of what I did, right? There's a lot of judgment decisions going on in this one where you're like, okay, here's my protocol. Does it fit? Eh, here's my symptoms. Do they fit? I can treat down one way. I can treat down another. I kind of just have to gamble on one way or the other. I honestly don't think that either way is wrong. Right, I don't think giving the aspirin and possibly making the CVA worse to treat the MI was wrong. I also don't think withholding the aspirin to make sure that the CVA doesn't get worse is wrong. I don't think either one is wrong, and and that's, I mean, that's where I brought up sitting on your hands in this situation could be a viable option. So, what would you have done if you're an hour and a half out because you're in Gilboa and now you got nowhere to be? I call my wife. <laughs> nope. nope. No self Oh, that's right. Cloud I can't, right? Cloud over Omaha. God damn it, honey. Right. Um, <laughs> I still think that I would probably do... Because I feel like sit on it's no longer an option. Sitting on it is no longer an option if you're 90 minutes from, you know, that kind of there's hospital. Also, there's also another option that none of us have really touched on right now because we're all... Call a doctor? 
There it is. I shot I, it earlier, but I didn't want to sound stupid we're all saying gods. it. I, and we're going to figure this problem I would, out. I was right? actually going to ask, is, did they call it out? In this situation, I think before I did anything, I would, mo- I, me personally, I probably would have picked up the I phone. Think I would have okay, told, what so what do they want me to treat? Yeah, okay, what would you so like what me are, to do, Doc? Right. So what are you going to, what are you going to ask? Like just literally, here's here's what I got. Just the twelve lead. Here's the patient presentation. This is what I've got. What would you like me to do? So you completely defer. Completely different. So what do, <laughs> do you go? Okay, Take myself out of the equation. Here's, yeah. here's the patient presentation. Do you even mention, hey, doc, here, I think he's having, oh, you know, my fast ED five. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to give him all the information. Everything I've got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure, because I need to pay, paint him a, a good picture. A really damn good picture in this you, situation. Yeah, I can't just say, hey, doc, I just sent you 12 lead. What do you want me to do, man? No. I'd be giving him my best educated guess. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the, the painting the complete picture. You know when he was last seen normal, what he looks like now, how he's been in my presence, you know where we're at, the the weakness with the arms, all that stuff, the fast ED score, and there's the twelve lead. Mm-hmm. I have a confirmed stomach. I'll probably take another one, if not three. Yep. <laughs> just to make sure. Or five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just to make sure that we you know it was it wasn't just you know some hiccup. Wasn't a fluke. So. Yeah, paint him the complete picture or her the complete picture, and then I would defer. What would you like me to do? I and I I think that is a brilliant thought process. This paramedic chose not to do that because and we have roll capes. the dice, <laughs> roll the dice, huh? Because we have capes. We do have capes, they especially blow in the wind. and and think of this now too. This was a brand new paramedic. Mm. So does that have anything? What a call. Wow. Right. Like literally, literally two weeks after being set free by the state. (laughs) Here you go. Have fun. You're a brandy nandy new super paramedic. Yeah, it was like my my third week out with the the guy with the levofed and I'm like. I think I got to use Levafed. <laughs> how did you? How do you do that again? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it, and I'm sure that this was one of those like, oh, I'd rather bang my head on the wall a hundred times yeah. than have to deal with this. Right. Um, this in my book earned a Coca-Cola and some Skittles afterwards. Absolutely. If I was that paramedic, Coca-Cola, some Skittles, debrief yourself. Yep. Brilliant. Um. But how much does that factor in? You know, I mean, no, just being new. (laughs) No experience, right. You know, there is zero experience behind this paramedic other than being an EMT. Yeah. It's probably his first MI and first stroke all tied into one. Probably. (laughs) I can't, I can't tell you for sure, but probably. And I've I've been there where, you know, either during, you know, QAQI process or just, you know, shooting the shit after a call and, uh. You know, someone saying, well, why don't you call a doc about that? And there have been many times where I've been like, yeah, I probably should have. But in my mind, I could handle it and I knew what to do and I was confident in what I was doing. Um, there may have been more than one way to handle it. I chose my way. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know. Um, and it's easy to be, you know, caught up in it. And right. It's easy yeah. to exactly. sit there and be like, man. Most important thing, though, is, is if you do get up in that, in that situation and you do – you know, you're talking with your, your buddies after a call or you get that QA, you know, take that step back and, and, and you know, be honest with yourself and, and really mm-hmm. listen to what the other people have to say because, hey, you may have been right, but maybe there was a more right way to do it. And kind of sound like National Registry. And, <laughs> and to build on that, I Great think – State exams. I, I really think you, you touched on a great point in that trust the people around you. Mm-hmm. This paramedic – is standing there by themselves, right? Yeah. Thinking that they have to figure everything out. Bounce some ideas off your EMTs. Or the nurse. Or the nurse, yeah. right? Before you leave there. Or your nurse EMT. <laughs> or, right. Make sure that Emily's you, there. That you have on speed dial. <laughs> um, I, I think calling a doc is a, is a fabulous idea. Make sure you call the right doc, like mm. the one where you're going, not yeah. some oh, other please. hospital. Because that shit happens all the time. Please. It's like, why are you calling a hospital that you're not even going to? I actually worked somewhere where that was encouraged. Yeah. Because they knew which doctors, which doctors would give, would give what they what want. You that wanted. drives yeah. me nuts. I don't like yeah. that. I would, it it don't never that. makes sense. I wouldn't play sense. ball. Sorry. Yeah. I, wouldn't play, but I wouldn't play that game. 
Not even. Nope. Yeah. No. Not happening. Uh, to me, that's like the equivalent of doctor shopping as a patient. No. Yes. Yes. Yep. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? I have a question. What happened to the guy? Do you know? He lived. Um, did he go to the cat lab? Yeah, they he... immediately went to CAT scan. CAT scan. Right. I figured that would be first. Yeah. Um, they immediately went to CAT scan. The guy did have a very large ischemic stroke uh, to the right hemisphere. Um, very, very large um, from what I've been told. And um, like golf ball wow. size. Um, and uh, no prior history, like I said, just the cardiac history and some other stuff. So it wasn't like, oh, hey, this guy's been having TIAs for a week and a half. And boom, now he's got the big one. It's completely sudden. Um, but, yeah, other than that, the crew doesn't know. So then, yes, yeah, so I mean. Didn't you know, pass along to me. In the hindsight, then then your treatment of the STEMI as as normal probably did fine. did some good or at least held the held off the inevitable for him. I mean, looking back, yeah, yeah I think yeah. the provider, you know, choosing to give the aspirin. I, not knowing again, that that was not what he was knowing. helping. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. And again, I think that provider really rolled the dice in, well, I'm going to fix something or I'm going to intubate this guy really soon. (laughs) I mean, really, that's what it came down to, right? But the nitro didn't hurt either. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because he he shoot it with both, yeah. You know? So, So, it... it, Well done. I, I guess so. Well done. It's just, like I said... To wrap yourself in this call and then looking at it after and talking about it, it's like, damn, I don't want to make that decision as a provider. You know, no. I'd love to be blissfully ignorant like <laughs> like Kelsey and just being like, I see neuro, I'm going to treat We're it driving. as neuro. We're going Diesel fast. Diesel bolus, let's go. Like, I'd love to be able to do that. Um <laughs> Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. There's a few that still do it, come on. Yes. Yes, but, there are. Yes. Anything else to add before we before we end? Everyone's sufficient. We've beaten this dead horse enough. Mm, I yep. think. Um, yep. Okay. Um, yep. I think consensus yeah. agrees. So, guys, mm, till next time. Yep. Um, yup. Uh, you will be thinking about um, yup. Wasn't that a Hanson song? No, that's um, bop. Uh, <laughs> different kind of stroke. Um, <laughs> yup. <laughs> You could totally do that. That'd be funny. Um, so, guys, next time we will see you. It'll be December 1st uh, with another call review and or discussion. And then from there on, we'll, we will see you every two weeks after that. So on the uh, 1st and 15th of every month. So till next time, Happy stay Turkey strong. Day. <laughs> All right. Happy Turkey Day. There you go. I was going to say donuts, but there it is. Donuts. <laughs> Thank you for taking time to listen to the Medic Materials Podcast. If you got anything out of today's episode, be sure to follow the podcast. If you want to be a part of our daily EMS discussions, join the Medic Materials EMS Education Group on Facebook. And be sure to watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.